This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinnies on Dubai Eye 103.8. Welcome to Farmer's Kitchen Podcast. I'm Poonam Verma. I've been talking to Nikki from Streetery and also we're talking curries with food blogger Reza. Uh, French chef Nicolas Lambert is talking to me about pastry. Uh, he's from the Four Seasons. And we're talking about superfoods and herbs with Shadi, who is the co-founder of one of my favourite places, Seva. And we've got some weird and wacky food news going on. Dimple, author and restauranter of Being Vegan, is talking to us about that. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinnies. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. So just now we had a delivery from a restaurant called Streetery. And imagine moths to a flame. Literally, that was the whole team, right? We had people coming from reception who could smell this food and, and they were following it. And I, I was getting ready to do a show and the food is from a restaurant called Streetery. He, the restauranter, is my next guest and I want to welcome him on the show. Hello, Nikki. How are you? Very well. Thank you for having me on. So thank you so much for the food. I have actually sneakily taken some and put it in the fridge to take home later because they'll finish it out <laughs> there. But um, it's so good. It's very good, I have to say. We'll um, talk We'll talk about I'm that. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. No, pl- feel free to send some every day. Honestly, I'll be here five days a week. <laughs> so done and done. Awesome. That's my lunch sorted. So listen, you call yourself um, on Instagram, Big Fat Restauranter. Uh, why is that name? Why that name? Because I think any restaurant uh, needs to be big and fat. <laughs> it's as simple as that. You know, if, if the person doesn't look like they really eat or enjoy their food, then, um, you know, they shouldn't be a restauranter. It's as simple as that. But, um, yes, I am quite podgy myself. And Oi. my wife always jokes around and calls me the big fat restauranter, which is why that name kind of stuck. You see, I don't like the word podgy. I like the word pleasantly plump. I think that's How about fluff? pleasantly I like plump. Fluff. <laughs> okay, so so we've just, we, we're talking about weird and wacky food combinations. Do you have any, by the way? Oh my god, I have so many. I can't even. I don't awesome. even know where to begin. Okay, um, tell me, tell me. Growing up in Bangkok, one of so um, it, uh, originally, um, you know, born in a traditionally Indian family that's um, raised in the Far East. So Bangkok, Hong Kong, all over the, all over the place. Um, our our, our Food combinations at home are usually very because we live in big families, mm. so everyone has different requirements. I mean, there's always a great variety of food on the table. One of my favorite combinations when it comes to Thai food is um, papaya salad. Oh, I love that! And and an Indian biryani. Yes, it is insane. It completely beats um, you know having raita or uh, like pickled cucumbers and pickled onions. But, you know, the sourness, spiciness, umami of papaya salad is just amazing with the biryani. And I have converted a lot of my friends to that. So every time we go for a biryani, we always make sure that we have a papaya salad on the side. Okay. Um, another really good combination is a butter chicken with egg fried rice. Okay. Okay. I, that's that's fairly normal. You will never go back to anything. So we've already had some great texts in. I just want to read you one. Thank you to all of you who are texting with your weird food combinations. You'll also win a prize if you do today. Uh, one said um, fried bacon with fried bananas. 
Does that sound odd to you? Because I would actually eat that. I would eat that yeah, too. That sounds... Anything with bacon would... <laughs> that, yeah, that sounds very good. Actually, I do. I do like that. Okay, so let's talk about streetery. Um, from what I tasted, your food had a mixture of um, uh, Thai food and Indian, because you said that's your background. And you know, it's funny um, because a lot of restaurants yes. that mix and match food. I'm a little bit hesitant. I like it when they focus on one, but your food tasted really good. Both dishes. Thank you. Um, the streetery is actually more Southeast Asian. So um, streetery is sort of like the first Southeast Asian food hall in Dubai. Mm-hmm. And there's it's, it works like a hawker center. Have you been to Singapore or Malaysia or Bangkok I've before? been to Hong Kong. Okay. So when you go to Hong Kong, they have these uh, like food centers, which are sort of like food court. Yeah. But the food is more like traditional, authentic uh, Chinese or Cantonese food. Mm. So you'll have the person doing the dim sum, you'll have the person that specializes in that particular form of format of cooking. Mm. So um, keeping that in mind, that was something that was missing in Dubai and that's how streetery sort of came about where, you know, we have three restaurants under that which, which is Zen, Fat Aunts and Hinky. So while Zen does like everything cooked on the walk, you know, which is your traditional Thai, Chinese, Malaysian comfort walk food, yeah. Uh, Fat Aunts does more of like, you know, um, homemade noodles, handmade noodle bowls. Uh, they do dim sum. They do Malaysian curries. And the Malaysian curries, I think you've tried a couple of them today, where we had the traditional Malaysian curry, which is the roti chanai. Mm. And you had the sambal prawns as well, is what we oh, sent, yeah. which is like the really spicy, that was good. dry curry. Yeah. You know, I might fall asleep before the show ends because, you know, when you have like heavy food and I had to limit myself like a small bowl, it was so tempting. So I wish I could eat and talk to you at the same time because it would just be so nice. I'd be like, this tastes really good, but this camera's watching me. All right. Um, let me ask you a question. If you had to choose one curry, whether it's South Indian, whether it's Thai, what is your ultimate curry and why? What makes that so special for you? Um, for me... Huh. That's a very difficult question to answer because I, I love all food in general. Yeah, I'm not a food critic, or uh, you know, I don't. I'm not. I'm not very finicky when it comes to food. I love all kinds of food. If you can't uh, choose one, it's fine. I'd be exactly the same. <laughs> but if I had to pick one curry, there's a particular rest. Uh, there's a particular curry that we serve at Streetery under the Zen brand, mm. uh, which is called the Pat Pet, which is a red curry based stir fry. So it is like a traditional Thai curry. Yeah. Uh, like a red curry, but it's it's got, you know, like a, an infusion of um, kachai, which is sort of like a Thai ginger. Mm-hmm. So it's very earthy. It's very spicy. It's got fresh chili in there. And it's it's a very potent curry. It's like the strongest curry you'll ever have. And the flavors of there, when you have that with just a regular sticky rice or coconut rice, are phenomenal. Okay. So I, I if I had to pick one curry, it would be that. So, you know, one food blogger in California, an Indian lady, she said, we need to cancel the word curry because in Indian food and dishes, they change every hundred kilometers, just like the languages. And yet we're still using this umbrella term popularized by Western, by the Western world who couldn't be bothered to learn the actual names of our dishes. So what do you think? Should the word curry be canceled? I think... Um, everyone has their own interpretation of how they accept things and what they understand of it. Mm. And the important thing is not really, you know, what separates us and, you know, trying to complicate things unnecessarily. It's about bringing things together. So, I mean, 
noodles, you know, noodles, for example, have so many different kinds of noodles. You have Japanese noodles, you have Thai noodles, you have Malaysian, Korean. It's just crazy. And within these cuisines as well, you have so many different types of noodles. So if I had to, uh, if if people would sort of stay away from, from that particular noodle dish or that thing because they didn't understand it or how to pronounce it, it was not. It would not be a very nice thing. So it doesn't matter what it is, as long as people can relate to it, mm. and it brings people to understand that cuisine in their own format. You know, calling a duck a duck is not going to really make a difference. You know, you could call it a horse or anything; it still remain a duck. So, <laughs> um, I think in general, yeah, I have. I, I think it would be pretty fine to call anything the way it is. You know, Thai curries, there's so many different varieties of curries, Malaysian, but it's what brings it all together. You know, that word curry, yes. you know, that word. I think it's all about unity. It's all about communication. It's all about just love for that particular cuisine. I like that and word, unity. people together. Yeah, well, yes. not, but also in my stage of life, my memory is going, so I don't have the energy or the memory cells to remember each and every individual di- dish around India, Thailand and around the world. So curry is fine for me. I'm happy to use that. Welcome back to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Weird and wacky food combinations. Other things you put together that people think are weird, I have them. We're having some great ones. Someone's just text saying chicken noodle soup with pineapple. Oh, Nikki. Nikki from Street Trees with me. What do you think of that? <laughs> You're laughing. Would you, would you add that to your menu? <laughs> um, in Bangkok growing up, a lot of the dishes that were there were catered for the the tourist community, uh, the people that were visiting, and they would always add pineapple in there. Well, it's like Just pineapple so on a pizza. It's like pineapple on a pizza. Would you have that? Exactly. Absolutely. No, I would not. I'm a traditionalist. I like things the way they're supposed oh, are, to be. Oh, are you Italian? Are you so, suddenly Italian now? <laughs> what do you mean you're a traditionalist? I have, I'll, I'll no. have pineapple on my, on my I, I pizza. Like, I love authenticity when it comes to food. Mm. So when it comes to Thai food, I love authentic Thai food. When it comes to Chinese, authentic Chinese. When it comes to Cajun food, Mexican food, anything for that matter. I like it when it is, um, you know, meant <laughs> to be eaten the way okay. it is. Okay, you're, you're talking about... I'm also- not a very big fan of that. All right, let me ask you this. You're, you're big on authenticity. Did your parents do this? Yes. So when my parents came to England, obviously they were born with spicy food. That's what they ate in India. We would make omelettes in the morning, baked beans. Everything would have a green chilli in it. So how authentic <laughs> is that, right? Yes, that's true. I, I would agree with that as well. It is the taste. I, you know, it's the taste. Eating food is all about an experience. It's all about, you know... Embracing cultures in general. It's not just about eating things in a particular uh, way. Because then we kind of, you know, very often, so we put ourselves in a comfort zone Mm. and we never challenge ourselves to try anything that's new or anything that's different. So, um, for example, uh, yesterday I went out with my friend Reza uh, for a meal and we were driving through international city. And even though we went there for Chinese food, so we, we have these things that every couple of weeks we'll go down to international city and visit these really local Chinese restaurants. And they're super, super Chinese. They don't have English menus or anything for that matter. Yeah, authentic. And pass, yeah, we passed by one of these places and we went to this hole in the wall. And it was a new restaurant that's opened over there, which is South Indian. And it was the first South Indian restaurant that we saw in international city in the Chinese area. Mm-hmm. So we got really excited about that. And we said, let's try that. And we went there and the flavors were amazing, you know, but had they um, 
put, you know, food that would suit it for Chinese people, it would be very different the experience, you know? Well, it's kind of like home-cooked Indian food. We don't use cream, heavy creams and heavy butters, but you go to an Indian restaurant, like, I did not know what butter chicken is. It's not something we use in our Indian household name. It's a very Western name given. So I find Indian food very heavy when I go out. I like the street Indian food, which is lighter. Right. Absolutely. So also, I want to ask you, when it comes to making a good curry, you know, um, in Thailand, well, being Indian, we obviously have that normal, we can eat green chilies here and there. But when I went to Thailand, explain this to me. So when I said, can I have mild, mild, I'm still think they've gone from 20 chilies to 10 for a mild curry. Why do they have it so spicy? It's spicy than Indian food. It is. Uh, see, the base of Thai curries in general mm. are very um, chili-based. So, for example, the red curry, the, the, the red color from the chili actually comes in from the dried chilies that they have. Yeah. The green curry, it comes in from basil and fresh green chili. In general, the Thai people love their spices. And, you know, when they, they can eat spicy food, you know, way, way beyond the means of a regular person. I know. I don't uh, get it. <laughs> it's fun. It is so It's just what they've been to, born uh, with. Yes, exactly. You know, it's very normal. You know, even at Streetery, we have um, every once in a while, we'll have uh, families. And you'd be surprised. You know, they're English or they're American. And their children, three and four-year-old kids, they will come and they'll have really spicy food. And I'm so impressed with the, the resilience and, you know, um, how versatile their palates, uh, palates are. And it's amazing to see people embrace it that way. Well, my uncle, he still has his food and he has green ch- a plate of green chilies and he literally bites and sucks onto them like it's a lollipop. So it's whatever you're used I'm to. Just... <laughs> so let me ask yes, you, exactly. what kind of, um, what's next for you? Because you have this restaurant, you have a few others, you're, you know, a big fat restauranter. So what's the next big fat restaurant you're opening? Well, I am in the process of setting up um, Dubai's uh, newest food hall, mm. which is, it's going to be set up in Motor City. It's going to be opening up in the next few weeks to a month. Uh, to a month. And um, it's about bringing food together. And it's about bringing smaller homegrown brands to set up, um, to do what they do best. So I'm sort of setting up a, a format where the only thing that, they've, uh, that they're concerned with is creating a great product and taking care of the people that are coming to eat, enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I sort of look into everything else. So it's called the Neighborhood Food Hall. And the first location is coming up in Green Community in Motor City. Okay. So that should be opening up very soon as well. And we have amazing brands. You have Dubai Sweethearts over there. You have High Joint. You have uh, Chef Lanka when it comes to Sri Lankan food. You have Meeting Room, which is amazing Indian food. We have Fabrique, uh, which is like a butchery and grill. We have them. We have Maru Udon, which is Japanese. We have 1762, which is uh, doing uh, the first home-style bakery where they're doing artisanal breads. And it's just amazing. You know, uh, Zen is coming in as well, uh, which is under the streetery uh, umbrella. We have... Have you ever been to Shogun, the Korean place? No, I haven't. I've heard of it. It's in Media City. The food is fantastic. But, they, you know, the way these restaurants usually are presented is it's sort of, um, you know, people are very wary about coming to very authentic locations. Yeah. And we're sort of bringing a 
we're, we're sort of creating a place which sort of brings all of these flavors together. Mm-hmm. And you can go in and you can try out from 11 different restaurants, you know, one of each. And the same thing can be done for you on delivery as well. We'll be the first people in Dubai to set up something like that. So I'm really excited about that coming up. And that's going to be happening very soon as well. So if you have a food hall coming up, will you be saying to your wife, listen, darling, you don't need to cook every day. I'm going to take you to a different restaurant every night at the food hall. Or will she still be cooking for you at home? My wife, um, she loves her traditional food. So, you know, she likes her bhajis and her manis and her rice and her dals. And, you know, she really enjoys that. Whereas with me, I, I love eating out. So I think out of 14 meals in a week, I probably have like 13 of them out. You know? Oh, wow. I eat out of Dude, we, yes, need to, I eat out a lot. we need to go out together because I love food. So I think I trust your taste oh, in food. That. <laughs> it's, tr- it's a lot of fun, uh, especially on, on Thursdays. Yeah. We, uh, you know, I have a foodie group where we have restaurant owners, we have food influencers, you know, they're, they're, but they're, they're not critics or they're not, uh, you know, people that are necessarily fussy. They're just people that love food. Yeah. And we all get together and we'll pick like a random location and we'll go down and we'll eat over there. And it's always just one of the most fun experiences you can have in Dubai. So out of 13 times you go out uh, to eat or whatever, do you fit one day for working out, just in case? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I, have, I have to represent the name of the big fat restaurateur. Right? Okay, well, listen, Nikki, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you again from the bottom of my stomach for your food. It was so tasty. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having it. Thank you so much. That's Nikki from Street Tree. Check it out. The food is so good. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinney's. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. So we're talking food, glorious food. And joining me now is Reza. Hi, Reza. How are you? Hi, Reza. How's it going? It's going very well. Now, you are a food blogger. Is it true that you're one of Zomato's number one food bloggers? When um, when Zomato encouraged bloggers to post reviews and stuff like that, yeah, um, wow. they're they're not encouraging that anymore. Okay, so you um, apparently I read a little bit about you. You only joined Instagram four or five years ago, um, and you've been doing it very well. Tell everybody what's your Instagram page name. It's Ravenous Xerxes. Ravenous. Mm-mm, sounds tasty. So mm. y- you've dined at nearly 3,000 restaurants between Jaffa's and El Nada. Is that in the past month or in the past five years? Let's just get an idea oh. of this. No, no, that's in the past five years. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, man, that's a lot of eating. Okay, so that's I, a lot of eating. So why did you become a food blogger? Where did this fascination for food, where you taking pictures, you're blogging about it, came from? You know, I found um, my my uh, my job was such that I was traveling all over the world, and um, one of the things I found myself doing was taking pictures of uh, uh, not just the places I was going, but the food I was eating. And uh, I said, "Listen, it it just uh, makes sense to share this with uh, with other people," and mm. that's how it all started. I did check out your Instagram page. And I had a lit, little bit of lunch. And after I checked it out, I went and had the rest of my lunch. It was very enticing, I have to say. Okay, we're talking also about curries today. What are some of the best curries? Like, you know, there are curries all over the world. What's one of your favorite? Well, um, one of the, the, the best curries I had, I actually had last night mm-hmm. at uh, um, a new little Thai restaurant that's opened in, in JLT, a green 
uh, a Thai green curry. Mm. Uh, it's something I I, I love, uh, and and this little place they uh, they do it exceptionally well. Um, so yeah, that's one of my favorites. I, I love Indian curries as well. But what's your but, background? Uh, Is it Iranian? Um, well, you know, Iranians don't do curry that much. Uh, Iranians are more more stew people. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's actually something I wanted to talk about today. Um, yeah, go ahead. Let's um, talk about this. You know, the, there, there are a number of amazing Iranian restaurants in, in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is people associate Iranian food with kebab. You're absolutely right. And, and, and it doesn't, you know, it's not, it's not kebab. People, Iranians don't eat kebab at home. Uh, they, they, they'll eat kebab when they go out. That's uh, interesting. At home, at, at home they'll, eat, they'll eat stew. And uh, a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the, um, uh, the restaurants in Dubai, they, uh, they have stews, you know, and they have a lot of the stews that uh, uh, people would eat uh, every day at home. So what, what are um, some of the best restaurants that would serve the most authentic Iranian stews? You know, it's funny you said that. I'm actually sitting in one of them oh, right now. Which one? In, in Data. Uh, it's called Kandu. Okay. And uh, it's an amazing restaurant. They, they have a, a number of fantastic stews. They have, of course, an assortment of, of kebabs. But what they're m- most famous for is for their braised neck and lamb shank. Is that what you're eating right now while you're talking to me? What I I ate. Oh. What I finished a few minutes ago. Reza, that's just not fair. We could have done that interview there with you. (laughs) No, no, no. no. There'd be too much chomping. (laughs) Not enough talking. So is there any particular food you have yet to try that you haven't and you'd love to? Of course, I mean, uh, I'd love to. Um, I'd love to try the the food of uh, of Africa a little more. I I, I have zero experience there. Mm. Um, and when I say Africa, I mean the the mid Africa, North Africa. I've tried. Mm. Um, yeah, of course, I'd love to uh, uh, try more uh, uh, Southeast Asian food. Uh, I love the food, the the, the the flavors of that of that region. Mm. Um, but, you know, uh, uh, one of the best places in the world to try food is here in Dubai. I think um, you're right. Yeah. There's so much um, choice here. W- would, you, would you believe believe that there are nearly uh, 10,000 restaurants in Dubai? No. And uh, uh, no, no, no two of them are the same. But it's, you've, it's you've, done, you've done 3,000, so you've only got 7,000 more to go, right? I know. You've got another 10 years? You'll be fine, maybe? I know. <laughs> I, I, okay. by, by then, there'll probably be 20,000 So, Reza, I'm going to be back in... You've got a two-minute break to chomp on some more food. I'm going to give you two minutes, and then I will come okay. back to you. Okay? Enjoy. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Okay, Reza, you had a two-minute break. What did you eat in that time? I just had some tea. You just had some tea? Oh, okay. I'll let you off. That's fine. Just save me some food. Now, you said um, the food that you, you're sitting right now, you're loving to try that. Is there any food that you would never try, that you would never eat? Mm, no. I, I think I try, I try just about uh, anything. Okay. And, you- I, and, I, and, I, and I have. In the, in the past, I've tried, I've tried uh, a, a lot of different kinds of food. Have you had insects? 
Would you try an insect? In some cultures, they eat them. The beetles. Yes. Yes. You would. Uh, depends. Depends what the insect. Uh, uh, what the insect is, but. Uh, uh, what if it was yeah, a crunchy probably, fried beetle? Uh, you know, if it was yeah beetle, I'd probably try. But I mean, I I, I would probably draw a, draw a line at a cockroach. Yeah. 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 Um, oh. No, I can't even think uh, about that. Yeah. Uh, what about what about snake? Snake, I've already had. What was that like? Um, that was a little chewy. It was a bit like chicken now, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, how do I describe it? It's chewy. It's uh, it tastes a little seafoody. Mm. Um, yeah, it was okay. Uh, it was. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Mm. When when I was younger, like I mean, growing up in an Indian family, we we grew up in England, so we had a mixture of in, Indian food and English food. And then when I was very young, I went on holiday to Malta, and I ordered some food, and um, I found out I was eating uh, rabbit, and I felt really bad because I had two bunny rabbits at home. But I was like, oh, wow. yeah, then I just had to let that go. I had to let it go and just say, you know what? It's, I'm not eating my rabbits, but I did feel bad. But then I think meat is meat, isn't it? How can you feel bad for one and not for the other? And not for the other. And, and you know, not, not all meat is the same. Um, so offal, for example, a lot of people uh, get all grossed out when, when you put offal in front of them. Uh, uh, my, my daughter, for example, she's a very finicky eater. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll just tell you quickly the story. We were at a restaurant, um, an Indian restaurant in Karama, um, just maybe 10 days, two weeks ago. Mm. And uh, as a starter, they, they served us breaded grain. Breaded grain? Uh, brain. Oh, what? What? Yes. yes what? Yes. Whose brain was yes. it? Whose brain was it? A, a lamb's brain, I think. Um, oh. And uh, she didn't know. <laughs> so she, she ate it and liked it and she even had seconds uh, and it was only in the car when we, when we were driving back home that one of my friends in fact it was Nikki <laughs> Nikki was on yeah. or, um, he was the one who told her that <laughs> it was brain you eating and she was so angry so you um, and Nikki at Street Tree are the food buddies that go around eating everywhere yeah yeah. oh you two man I, what is your Instagram page called Nick uh, what's your Reza what's yours you mentioned it say it again it's ravenous Xerxes. Right, so his is Big Fat Restauranter and yours is ravenous. So you guys must eat so much. So listen, let me ask you a question. What is, um, if you could give any tips for food bloggers, what would you give them your top three tips if people think, you know, I want to start posting on Instagram? Oof, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, you know, uh, don't, don't, number one, uh, don't be shy. Because okay? you were shy, weren't you, about don't, coming on Instagram? Don't yeah I I yeah I, I I like my privacy yeah um so for a very long time I, I hid behind the name yeah um but it gets to a stage where uh, you need to open up a little bit you know so yeah but don't don't be shy go out there try everything try everything you know mm. and share 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 that's what it's all about you know that's, that's uh, I think what what the what blogging is all about and we're asking people if they have any weird food combinations we've had so many crazy ones someone has just said uh, his sister likes Hillary says her sister likes Marmite with lemon curd uh, do you know what Marmite is? of course oh good you're a food blogger you should know it what is a weird food combination that you have? I'll tell you what a really uh, weird co- uh, food combination my finicky daughter has and that's uh, peanut butter with apple I've had that 
That's nice. Even oh. Maria, uh, my producer, says, yeah, she loves that and she eats rabbits really? too. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Try it. A lot of um, these healthy, you know, these healthy food companies, uh, they have delivery f- to people who are trying to eat healthy. That's one of their snacks. Yeah. Try it. Your sister, your daughter, finicky daughter has good taste, I'm telling you. And someone, Alex, has said he had breaded lamb brain and it was amazing. Yeah. I yeah, don't yeah, yeah. know if I want to eat lamb brain. Alex, just Alex said that. Alex, Alex said that. He just texted in. Okay, well, which Alex? I don't know. Because we have a we have loads of people texting us right now. We, with had, the, a, we had a we had a Alex with us. Well, my daughter had the same thing about ten days ago. It could be. Could it could be, be the same Alex. Alex. Yeah, you guys are all yeah. hanging out with each other. Okay, that's cool. All right. Well, listen, Reza, thank you so much. I'm going to let you carry on munching away in uh, your restaurant, and it's been an absolute pleasure. Hope to speak to you soon. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. The chef's table. So, Bruno and Verma with you till 5pm. Now, uh, welcome back to Farmer's Kitchen. Coming up, we're going to be talking uh, to award-winning pastry chef. Uh, we've also been talking curries. One person said, should we cancel the word curry? And we've had some weird and wacky food news. Now, I think the next uh, interview should kind of be in French. Uh, bonjour, chef uh, Nicolas Lambert. Bonjour, ça va? bonjour. Ça va bien? But I don't think oui, everyone else does. And the other ones who oui. do probably think this is really bad French. But I did study it until I was like 18. <laughs> so. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Well, I will talk French when I come over and taste those pastries firsthand. So how are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Thank you. I've been happy uh, to be Happy to be here now in Dubai. Well, it would have been even better if you're in the studio with your pastries. You do know that, right? You need you need to come to Four Seasons Jumeirah. I will be there. You just tell me when you're waiting for you. I'll come and film you making the pastries. I'm serious. I will come and do that. I would love to do that. You're an executive pastry chef at the Four Seasons, right? So exactly. Somebody said to me today. They said when you cook food, you cook from the heart, and when you cook pastries, you cook from the book because it's a science. Do you agree with that statement? It's need to be 50-50. You need to have, of course, good book and good recipe yeah. because uh, it's a base, but uh, you need also to cook with heart, you know. It's make the difference between good pastry and very good pastry is when you put uh, all your energy and soul inside the food, you know. Yeah, well, you grew up in France. So obviously, I mean, in all honesty, French restaurants were something I'd loved. I loved going to regularly in um, England. They were really big there when I was growing up. Um, And I've been to France many times. And you you can't really beat French desserts. You really can't. So it kind of is in your blood. But tell me how you're... A career as a pastry chef first started and what age were you? Yes, it's a very, very good question. So me, it's a very special story because I was born in the in the bakery because my parents, my papa and my mama have bakery in France. Yes, And, and they for, opened for, the bakery for, when me and my twin brother, we have six months. So, so, so let, me, really let, me like, just show, let me just show off, chef. For those of you in who know French, bakery me is boulanger. Oui? Boulangerie. 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 Oui. There you go. Yeah, okay. Good French, huh? Yeah, we, that, that's about it. Go ahead, chef. <laughs> very good, very good, very good. So the bakery of my parents is like uh, it, with the place I was born uh, in Nord-East in France, next to Alsace. I don't know if you I see. know Alsace, yes. It's a beautiful place. It's like mountain, forest. It's beautiful. Yeah. So, so what age did you start getting into pastries? Because you were quite young. It's not something that a lot of 
young 15-year-olds yes, would do. Yes, yes, yes. But to be honest, we start like around nine, ten years old uh, after school with wow. my papa because uh, when we were finishing school, we go back to the home, which is my bakery. So we start to make like meringue and all these kind of things with him after school. But officially, I start uh, pastry when I was 15 uh, because in France, you can start to learn uh, the, the, the new job like butcher, bakery, pastry at 15 years old. And I studied at 15 until uh, 21. So for six years, I studied pastry, yeah. three different diploma. And after that, I start to, to, to work in different pastry in France mm -hmm. and traveling mm -hmm. around. So did you prefer making pastries at the age of 15 than playing football with your friends? No, this oh. is a problem. Oh, tell me <laughs> about it. I was also liking, I was also liking uh, playing football. So I play football like five until uh, 20. But yeah. at 20, it was too intense, you know, to, to work a lot plus playing football. Yeah. So I decided to stop football at 20 and to be focused uh, on one patient and not two patients at the same time, you know. Do you know, when I was in the south of France many years ago, when I was in my prime and I used to go clubbing yeah. to like 6 a.m., I came out um, in the south of France out of a club and right next to me, I smelled fresh homemade croissants at 6 a.m. from a boulangerie. Your parents, they still bake fresh croissants and ba uh, baguettes every morning, is that correct? Yes, they still, oh. still, still, every day, big croissant. Do you miss that? Do you miss that? Yes, yes, yes. But I was there one month ago, so I enjoy a lot, you know, because after my experience in St. Petersburg, I moved to France like for two months. So mm. I really enjoyed the time with my parents and my family. So it was very cool. But it's always a pleasure to come back to my home, yes. So what are some of the skills a pastry chef needs compared to another normal chef in the kitchen? Um, compare like kitchen chef, uh, we need to be in pastry more, you know, uh, precise because mm. uh, you need to skill everything, you need to temperate everything, you need to check everything. It's like uh, more science than uh, because I, I have the experience in Four Seasons Hotel Hong Kong to work uh, really in the kitchen for three years with, you know, kitchen, uh, kitchen chef. Yeah. And I saw how they work and they are organized. And uh, we have like kind of the same job, but it's making the different way, you know. So there's one thing that I get mixed up with, and sometimes I'm like, forget it, I'll just put whatever. What is the difference between bicarbonate soda and baking powder? Because they both look the same to me. Oula, good question. <laughs> <laughs> Or is it a stupid question? <laughs> no, no, it's not, it's not a stupid question. Inside a baking, baking soda, it's pure, it's baking soda. But inside baking powder, you have uh, baking powder, uh, you have baking soda, plus some uh, extra, uh, how you said, cornstarch mm. or fecule, you know. Uh, Elisa has said, what is your favorite pastry to eat and what have you never tried making but still need to learn and want to try? Ah, very good question. I, I have two very uh, favorite pastry. It's uh, Paris-Brest. I don't know if you know. Say, like say, say, that, say that slowly, it's chef. It's very French. Say it very slowly, chef. What it's, what's it called? It's a Paris-Brest. Paris-Brest. Like the, the, the round like this, you know, like a puff. Oui. And on the top is like a cream with hazelnut. Oui. I'm it's saying we oui, just naturally, good. like I know French, yeah. Yes, you, normally you find it in all bakery in France, you know. And I like also the fraisier in the summertime when, you know, with a good strawberry from France. Yes. With vanilla cream, uh, almond biscuits. I really like also this dessert in the summer. And what's something that you still need to perfect to make as a pastry chef you haven't tried? It's a, it's a, it's a beauty of this job, you know, because it's like, a, like you said, it's science. So every year is like new technique 
or new material or new molds or new things. So you still every day to continue to to, to learn, you know, because now it's uh, 18 years I'm working in pastry, yeah. but I still learning every day. So let me that's ask you why a, I really like this job. Let me ask you a question. You're a pastry chef, but you seem to be very slender in figure. How is that possible? Do you eat and cook or do you I, just eat and I'm serve? Not, <laughs> I mean, cook and serve. No, no, it's true. No, I try to make some sports, to be honest, uh, <laughs> because it's important. And also, it's like uh, six years, I didn't eat like full piece of pastry. I just uh, eat, you know, one spoon to try if it's good or not. You have un but peu. I don't eat, eat yet. Yeah. He has un peu, which means a little bit in French, in case you didn't know. I'm trying to educate everyone. <laughs> All right. Now, we're going to be talking about um, you're working at Four Seasons. We're also talking about weird and wacky food combinations. Some people have really weird foods that they put together. Is there anything that you like that the average person would think that is really weird? Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't understand very well the question. So a lot of people um, are talking about what's weird that they eat, like pineapple on pizzas, uh, peanut butter and apple. Someone likes pickles and ice cream. Is there anything that you like which sounds a little bit odd to eat? No, to be honest, I like everything. He's French. They, 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 they yeah. are superior when it comes to eating good food. They don't eat tacky food like the rest of us. That's true, right? It's You're so true. sophisticated. It's, it's, true. it's true. But after my, my pastry, for example, is very, very simple, you know. It's like uh, vanilla and caramel, uh, exotic and vanilla. It's pistachio and strawberry. It's not like something special or, you know, very strange flavor. I like to be focused on the taste with good products, good balance, and that's it. I'm so coming to the Four Seasons. Okay, chef, stay where you... Come. I'm waiting for you. <laughs> I might be there. The show finishes at 5. I could be there at 5.30. Don't worry, get those chocolate eclairs ready. The Chef's Table. Bonjour, Chef Lambert. I am back. Hope you didn't miss me. You okay? <laughs> Bonjour. Welcome back. <laughs> so, uh, so do you have any pastries with you right now? I can see you on Teams chat. I know the rest of them can't. Do you have no. any? Nothing. Oh, you could have... They, they eat already everything. You've eaten everything. You could at least have crunched into one and give us the sound effects of the soft pastry. You know, that would have been absolutely great. So listen, you've traveled the world. You've worked as a pastry chef in different countries. So when I was yes. growing up, um, we have a bakery called Greg's. Anyone who's British would know that. And they would serve um, chocolate eclairs. When I have chocolate eclairs here, they're not the same. So do you have to cater your taste for the culture that you're in when it comes to desserts? Because not everyone's into the same thing, right? Yes, it's true. It's true. At 100%. So what are some when of the was, favorite things When here? I was moving, for example, from France to my first experience in Hong Kong, yeah. Uh, yeah. I totally changed my vision of pastry because people like uh, less sugar and less acidity. So I start to, to, you know, to change my, my, my vision of pastry because you need to adapt to the local people, you know. And what about here? Like here in particular, like what are some of the favorite? Because it's so multicultural here. Yes, it's true. It's true. It's uh, the first things we need to, to touch everyone because there's a lot of people from everywhere in the world here. And also, uh, I try to make some twists about local flavor. For example, uh, the rose flower, the orange blossom, the pistachio and all these kind of things. Okay, so you're at the Four Seasons. What kind of pastries are we going to find there? Will we find British chocolate eclairs that I like? No, for the moment, it's not chocolate éclair, it's a cherry éclair. <laughs> cherry éclair. What is a cherry éclair? Cherry, cerise. Cerise. <laughs> it's my French lesson. Cerise. 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 
Okay. It's a sherry eclair, 100% sherry eclair, because it's good season now in France to have good sherry. Mm. So we decided to make one eclair, 100% uh, sherry. Mm. So it's red mm. right now. But in the, in the future, I will do chocolate eclair, I can promise. Yeah, but we... after that, I decided to, to create and start here in Chumera for seasons. Um, my eighth uh, like signature creation of last past six years to make the people in Dubai discover my, uh, you know, my... Uh, signature dessert to start yeah. and after I will start to introduce my new creation from Dubai. So there's no pressure for you right now. My birthday is in <clears throat> two weeks. Um, if you want to make a cake, you are welcome to, but that's no pressure whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're the youngest chef to ever win the world's 50 best pastry chefs in Asia. What was that like winning that as the youngest chef ever? Yeah, yeah, no, it's cool, it's cool. It's beautiful, uh, beautiful, uh, I don't know if it's a recompense, like gift when I leave uh, after these three years in Hong Kong because it was hard for me. It was my first experience as a chef, first experience in Michelin star restaurants. So it was uh, a lot of things to do. And also when I arrived there, I was not speaking in English at all. So I learned also how to speak English. So it was big experience, you know, in general. And uh, to have this uh, trophy, uh, like uh, just before I leave, it was beautiful. Uh, so when did you start start speaking English? How many years ago? Uh, when I arrived in Hong Kong, so six years ago. Wow, your English is so much better than my French. I know I have the French accent, but but you know <laughs> I start from I start from zero, you know. No, do you know when I'm around French people or go to France, it all comes back. It's there in my subconscious, but I don't have anyone to share it with. So I think if I hang out with you and your pastries, not only will I work on my calories, I'll also work on my French. So I think that's a great idea. Chef, you need to come to Four Seasons. I will come to Four Seasons. Don't you worry about it. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, My pleasure. And I look forward to seeing you soon. I'll give you a text when I'm there, okay? Okay, I'm waiting for you. Okay. Au revoir, Chef. Au revoir. (laughs) Au revoir. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. I just want to say thank you for all your texts, guys, as well. Um, they've been really, really great. Um, uh, someone says, I'm having high cholesterol. I've had it for two years now. Um, and despite meds, and because of that, I'll buy salmon from Spinney's, avocado, nuts, and olive oil. I've got really high cholesterol. Um, I have a story about that, but that's a long story. And lemon pieces and salt in honey. We're also talking about your weird and wacky food combinations. We've had some really dodgy stuff, but you know, I, I'm not one to judge. I've got a really weird, wacky food combination. I'll share that with you after four o'clock when Maria's left because she finds it really kind of sickly or weird and she looks at me all weird. So uh, joining me now, we have um, one of the owners from... From Seva. His name is Shadi, and I have to say, I absolutely love Seva. If you've never been there, you need to go. Shadi, how are you? Very well, thank you. Do you know what? It's, I tell everybody, you know, I don't tell everybody actually because it's one of those places I want to sometimes keep as a secret. I've actually filmed there for my um, own show, Soul Traveler, as well. And I just feel like I'm kind of in Bali whenever I'm there. And I love the fact you don't have internet. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're, we always say it's an extension of Dubai. The possibilities of the city are instrumental to what we do. And um, yeah, we have not been to Bali, neither me nor Edda. We oh. are the founders. And uh, so kind of it, there is a resonance with nature and earth um, as an element, a substantial element in what we express and through our experience. They also have books. You just sit there and you can read. They have 
great vegan food. Describe to everybody who's never been to Seville what actually happens there because there's a lot more that's happening than just food. So the, the winner across the verticals that we offer is obviously the cafe and the garden, which is Seva Table, which is um, a plant-based cafe, sugar-free, gluten-free, GMO-free. And um, we've been um, 100% plant-based for the past seven years. Um, we, we, we used to be called Life in One, and we rebranded yeah. to Seva uh, last year, beginning of last year. And in addition to the cafe and the ambience, which we really... Um, enjoy ourselves and um, um, we, we offer an experience uh, beyond just um, delicious food, which we also ex- impress um, non-plant-based or vegan um, foodies uh, with it. Uh, we have the Wellness Center, which is um, another vertical where we offer yoga and meditation classes regularly and we host uh, workshops and private treatments. Um, of different modalities, coaching, uh, body work, um, um, different uh, modalities of um, sound healing therapies and so on. And we also have training programs that we will start launching uh, later this year. Um, in addition to that, we have our shop, which is um, um, sustainably and ethically sourced, supporting small businesses all around the world to also um contribute to the spectrum of experiences we are offering under the umbrella of Seva. So you can basically spend a whole day there. That's what actually he's saying right now, Shadi. And I like the name Seva because I'm actually Sikh and Seva in our language means service, which is something that we have to practice. Which So I love that name that you gave it. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. We, we, we consider it a day retreat kind of destination for anybody who wants to come early morning all the way till um, the evening. So we're talking about herbs today, right? Absolutely. Okay, let's do this because like I'm well into my holistic alternative remedies and Chinese herbs, you name it. I I open the fridge and I fix myself before I even go to the doctors. So what are we talking about? So let's talk about superfoods. Let's talk about uh, potency. Let's talk about um, the magic of nature. Let's do that. Yeah, um, First of all, if we if we want to talk about um, herbalists and 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 herbs and the term superfood, we are talking about primarily plant-based, um, nutrient-dense um, ingredients from nature, mm-hmm. which are not synthesized, which are not um, manipulated by human. Uh, perhaps we do the purification, um, obviously, and the dosage and the dosing, but the the potency is coming from nature as it is. And like I said, it's mostly plant-based when we talk about um, superfoods and herbs are from nature. And um, uh, when we talk about herbs, there is a wide spectrum. I don't know how much time we have today to talk about herbs. It's don't keep worry, going. you start, I'll stop you when we need to break. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we talk about herbs, there are certain terms which I feel are very important um, to take into consideration. Um, why do we need to go for herbs? Why do we need to go for any um, substances or supplement to complement our food? Um, obviously, we need to um, respond to certain um, factors that manipulate the flow of life. There is stress, there is the free radicals um, from nature itself, um, there is a bad diet, um, and there is pollution. So all these um, environmental um, um, parameters have uh, manipulated the flow of life. And so tuning into nature, 
be it through sources of water or be it through wild plants or through um, certain elements that I'll talk about, like shilajit, which comes from the mountains. Um, we have the access to incredible natural pharmacy around the world. And each region has its own um, properties, its uniqueness, and its magic. So uh, since we're going to start about uh, talking about herbs, um, uh, there is a term called adaptogens. Mm -hmm. And adaptogens are certain um, natural um, ingredients um, that help the body um, to adapt to the environmental and, and stress factors. Okay. One of them is called ashwagandha. Yes, I've heard and of that. Yeah, it's it's the it's the Indian ginseng in a way. Ah. So it's one of the staples of the. It's a root. Um, it's a staple in Ayurvedic um, uh, uh, encyclopedia and and the world of Ayurveda. Ayurveda means the science of life, mm -hmm. and it is considered as a holistic way to support um, humans through their journey um, through life. So ashwagandha is an incredibly potent um, root and it's normally consumed um, as a powder in a powder form. Mm. And it's in the milligrams dosage, a small dosage that you start consuming and you can just add it to your um, smoothies, your juice, um, uh, dust it on your um, salad um, or with your coffee or tea. It doesn't have a strong flavor um, and it basically works on the nervous system and it basically allows the environment the, the the nervous system to adapt to the environment so with the day-to-day -day, um, um, movements around us this is an incredible um, um, superfood and herb that we can consider as a supplement to whatever we consume on a daily basis. Okay. I also think we've got to, um, because a lot of people, you know, remember when vitamins came out like 15, 20, 30 years ago, everyone was jumping on the bandwagon. We also have to yep. be careful how much we have of everything per day. Because some, sometimes people think, okay, this is a superfood. Let's have a shot every day of this. Yeah, absolutely. It's not just that uh, the dosage is um, essential, that we need to take it in, in small dosage for the body to respond to it, but also the we, we, have, we are intelligent beings and our bodies are intelligent. And so when you keep feeding in something that is considered to be, like we call it super, um, it, the body normalizes it. Mm. And it's a way to cope with it. And this creates a resistance. So by time it will not be as potent as when you first started with it. So it's very important to um, tune into the medicine or to into the herb or the supplement and take it in small doses, see how the body responds to it and have break once in a while. Obviously, there are certain protocols to consume different um, um, superfoods or supplements along the way. Okay, so we're going to talk more in a minute. Let me just ask you, we've got to go to a break. Um, what are some of the things that you wake up and just have ritually every day to keep you going? Literally, along with ashwagandha, which is um, a stable, I have the CMOS uh, gel that I can talk about. Yeah. I have the shilajit um, uh, substance, which I can talk about. In addition to bee pollen, that I can also talk about. Mm. Okay, I don't know any of those, but we'll find out what they are after. 
You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. So, Shadi, uh, something that you've brought up, which now I'm going to... Uh, Japanese will say the same about matcha, exactly what I'm about to say about turmeric. So I'm Indian. Turmeric was in my food every single day. So suddenly, when the Westerners, even though I grew up in England and I am partly Westerner, started packaging it and selling it for triple the price, going, this is a superfood, I was like... What? But I think the Japanese feel the same about matcha. So you talk to me about it, because for me, it's an everyday staple. What is the power of turmeric? Absolutely. So I, to be honest, it was on my list to, to, to mention it. It's one of my favorite. And, and today I juiced um, nearly 500 grams of turmeric and just I keep it there as a liquid and I add it to my smoothies or juices. So the ultimate property of turmeric is its anti-inflammatory capabilities. And so inflammation is something that we suffer a lot from today, Um, especially it's not the superficial inflammation that can appear on our skin, but also within the gut. Um, We create an acidic environment within ourselves thanks to the way that the food is processed today, heavily processed. And in addition to that, the quality of the water that we drink is, is extremely, or in general, the, the liquids that we consume are, are mostly acidic. And so when you hear alkaline water is healthy, it's not meant to be healthy, rather it's meant to balance, to come to a balanced pH in the body. And so um, when you have an acidic environment, the, the guts gets inflamed, inflamed. and this inflammation um, creates poor absorption, digestion uh, problems, and, and gut, and, and we, it creates the leaky gut and so on. So there are many, many um, problems that are created through inflammation, and turmeric is considered one of the most potent anti-inflammatories out there on the planet. You know, I um, we put turmeric every day or whenever we eat curries and we call it subjis like dishes with ginger, yeah. garlic. That's our everyday staple. So it's it's um, and I don't think I'm overly inflamed. I'm a little bit <laughs> maybe. So it's not too bad. But a lot of people also in India, we mix it with milk as well. And they started making turmeric lattes here now. Yep. And it's called the golden milk and mm. it's very potent. Um, we also have our uh, turmeric latte in the cafe we offer it regularly yeah. and one important thing that not many people may be aware of that it, the active ingredient in turmeric which is called curcumin um, is is not easily absorbed in the body and so one other element when it comes to how we consume healthy um, um, uh, ingredients is the bioavailability which means how much of the potency is or the active ingredients are absorbed by the body and so adding a tiny bit of black pepper increases the bioavailability of curcumin up to 2,000%. Wow. And you don't need to add much. It's almost like a 2% ratio, or, uh, um, and, and that's all what you need to add to turmeric um, to make the body benefit more from it. Okay, so what else is on your list to talk about today? Um, Before the break, you mentioned the vitamins, and they were the big thing um, some time ago when they first started in our um, awakening of what's healthy. But if we break it down to the basics, there are minerals, and minerals are uh, what we really need to focus on. And one of the greatest um, sources of mineral is a seaweed called seamoss. I I do love seaweed. I do love seaweed, actually. 
Yeah, and, and they are very rich in minerals. And the particular seaweed that I'm talking about, which is called sea moss, is um, primarily around the Atlantic Oceans, either in the Caribbean or in Ireland. Um, you can find it. And it's like a spiral golden color um, sea moss that you primarily um, acquire it or purchase it in its raw form in a dehydrated form. Mm. And then you soak it in water and it's incredible how much it, it, it expands in, 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 in size. Um, and then you can just basically soak it overnight for 24 to 48 hours, squeeze a bit of lemon just to um, rinse it from the smell of the ocean in a way. And then you blend it with a little bit of water and then you produce a gel. And this gel is incredibly potent in its um, uh, 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 in the way it contains a lot of minerals. Nearly 92 minerals up to, of the 102 minerals that the body um, requires um, in a dietary supplement are within CMOS. So when you say make it into a gel, is that to put mm -hmm. on our body or in our body? Because you can eat seaweed once it's prepared, like you said, just normal. You don't have to make it into a gel format, right? Or is there a reason for mm -hmm. making it into a gel? Well, the common the common mainstream, let's say, dietary supplement um, or, 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 or let's say uh, dietary use of seaweed is the dark colored seaweed, mm. um, which is in nori sheets or like uh, 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 flakes and whatnot. But seaweed, uh, the, the sea moss is more of um, a, a brighter color. Yeah. And it's not really something that you would, it's, it's almost like a, a whole strain in one piece, which is not really in a dried form that you can consume. So when you make a gel out of it, you can use it on your body and in your body. And so it's a great um, um, hair mask incredibly uh, popular in the Caribbean so that you can just apply it on your hair for stronger and nourishing hair or you can add a tablespoon or two tablespoons into your smoothie or your acai bowl or anything that you're blending and then you can consume it as a dietary supplement yeah, in I, your body. I just feel everything you can eat in your fridge or your cupboard you can also put in your hair and your face and I have done that. I once, Shadi, uh, put egg on my hair because it is very good but what I accidentally did is I washed it off with warm to hot water and it turned into scrambled egg because it was poached in my hair. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I hear you in that. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> don't follow my instructions, follow Shadi's. Okay, one more, we've got time for one more, Shadi. What else do you want to talk about? Let's talk about Shilajit, which mm. is one of my favorites. I've, so I've heard of that. I what came, is it? Yeah, I actually came across Shilajit in 2016, the first time I was in Nepal and I was in the mountains. I went in a silent uh, retreat for 10 days. And after the retreat, I met one person who was talking to me about Shilajit. And he said, the Sherpas, who are the um, Tibetan um, natives and, and the people who live in the mountains in Nepal have this substance as a staple on um, their daily food intake. And this is what gives them all this potency and strength, especially the elderly ones. And he was showing me this tar-like substance, which was very dark, and it had the smell of earth. Like if you ever been to a countryside and you've been around cattle, 
and you smell that earthy smell. Like that a farm, is like a farm. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, is, it, isn't, it isn't that, but it's really deep. And it's basically made of humus, which is the core of, of the planet. Yeah. So the history is that um, over the billions of years when the tectonic plates started to move to create the, the, the continent and the, 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 the mountains, a lot of the organic um, elements of nature, primarily the uh, uh, vegetation, got trapped and and I got um, between earthquakes and movements um, over a long period of time and pressure and heat. Um, this star-like substance started to leach from the mountain, from the stones, from the rocks. And it's incredibly rich in minerals, especially um, um, something called the fulvic acid, which is like a powerhouse food for the mitochondria in the cells. And um, you just need to take a tiny bit of it, this little tar-like. Um, you just um, mix it with hot water or coffee or tea and take it in small doses on a daily basis. And um, it got incredible, incredible potency and um, a lot of uh, benefits to the body. Okay, well, we're running out of time now, Shadi. But what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to come over and see you guys. I haven't been there for a while to serve We can sit down and have a chat and you can help me get off my superfood, which is a piece of cheese every day. That's my <laughs> there, there, is, there is magic in that as well. And Good. Certainly, we look forward to have you over. All right, Shadi. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Pleasure, Poonam. Welcome back to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. So we've been talking about food uh, for the past two hours and we're going to carry on for another hour because um, after this I'm heading to the Four Seasons for pastries. <laughs> Chef invited me, Chef Lambert invited me. Now joining me now we have Dimple Kitchery who's a restauranter uh, and she um, is the founder of Being Vegan Dubai. How are you doing Dimple? Hi, Poonam. I'm lovely. How are you? Very, very good. Now, let's talk about, you are a vegan, right? How long have you been a vegan for? Yes. I've been vegan for the past five years now. Mm. Yeah. So what um, made you change to be, you know, into a vegan? Uh, it was this documentary that I happened to see seven years back. And uh, it was a very gradual process, I feel. Uh, it kind of played on my mind. <laughs> so every time I picked up a vegetarian chocolate or um, or cheese, yeah. uh, you know, I had a bite. And uh, I used to remember all those uh, things that I saw on this documentary. And, you know, it kind of gave me this guilt. And that's why I... You know, I just could not consume uh, it anymore and I turned vegan. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of my friends, they watched a documentary and they became vegan. Um, unfortunately, I, I don't eat that much meat, but these documentaries, <laughs> sometimes I just miss a little yeah. bit of meat. I don't know, but, you know, I can go with it with, for a month, but I still like fish. I don't know. So let's see. So let me ask you a question. Okay. You're the founder of Being Vegan yeah. in Dubai. Tell me yeah. what that is. So being vegan uh, Dubai, uh, we have um, products that are mostly uh, desserts. So they're all uh, refined sugar-free. And uh, most of them are soy-free, gluten-free, and uh, preservatives-free, food color-free. And uh, we do cater to allergies as well. So say, when I started being vegan, I had a few people send me their allergy reports. And uh, I used to get their uh, the products customized according to their needs. Mm -hmm. So say, for example, a product uh, required almonds and they're allergic to almonds. So I would probably uh, substitute that to cashews. So uh, we do, do uh, we do um, 
customize it for our uh, uh, clients. Yeah, you know, I am a big fan of vegan uh, desserts. I Me think too. they're actually, they do, they, they, I just feel like the lighter, I don't like heavy creams, heavy chocolates. So I am yeah. well into vegan desserts. You've written a book, right? Tell me about this yes. book. What's the title? And what okay. are we going to find in this? So I think this is, um, so this book is all about uh, raw vegan food. It has raw vegan recipes. And um, I think it's the first raw vegan recipe books coming out of Dubai. It's called Being Rossomly Vegan. It's available on Amazon.com. And it's also available on my uh, beingvegan.ae's website. Mm. So this book is um, basically... It has uh, recipes from, say, appetizers, main meals, snacks, desserts, smoothies, all of which don't require any quick cooking. So anybody coming from a background uh, with a no cooking background or somebody who's not fond of cooking, I think it would be very easy for them to uh, make uh, delicious recipes out of this book. So how, how has it um, changed your life being a vegan? What have you noticed? What differences? So see, for me, I have been vegetarian since the age of 16. It's been... Uh, a long, long time. So from vegetarian to veganism was not very different. I did feel light on the gut and stuff. But Mm. after turning 70% raw vegan, I've seen a drastic change, a drastic change in the way my skin looks or the way I feel or, um, you know, the I, everything about me like it's it's it just feels good i just feel i just feel happy you know because i feel i'm more connected to the truth so uh, i think raw shifting from veganism to 70% raw vegan has changed me more and has uh, and i have seen more uh, changes in me rather than me shifting from vegetarianism to veganism i i'm sure people who are shifting uh, who are making a big shift from being a non vegetarian to a vegan uh, would experience more I know that um, some people do 100% raw vegan. Is there a reason you... Yeah, just eat raw food all the time. I know a friend of mine tried tried it for two weeks and it really didn't suit her at all. So I wanted to try uh, being uh, 100, on 100% raw as well. But uh, I was just too tempted. I'm like, no, I can I can definitely do this for breakfast and lunch, but I can't do it for dinner. And um, But I think it, I mean, even if you start small, I mean, if, even if you, in, see this, the whole point of starting raw vegan food would be, you're, you're going to be incorporating uh, fruits in your diet. You're going to be incorporating more salads in your diet. You know, I think you're going to be able to avoid so much of, um, fat so much of bread so much of you know unnecessary junk food so i think uh, uh, a moderate a balanced raw vegan diet would be what would be ideal rather than going 100% raw yeah i do like warm food sometimes i just need some warm soup or something. yeah <laughs> and also if i'm getting your vegan desserts i want some warm custard to go with the brownies <laughs> Sure, so, definitely. I, I would do 70%, yeah, I would do 70% like you. I, I couldn't do it all the way. Um, we're talking about people who have quirky, um, we're going to talk about some quirky food news coming up sure. and weird yeah. and wacky food tastes. I'm going to share one of mine. I've done it before, but if anyone hasn't heard it, share one of yours. Do you have any? Uh, so see, I don't know if this is quirky because um, for me it is. Uh, I've recently tried apple cheese with jalapenos and I loved it. <laughs> I absolutely loved no, it. No, that's that's actually good. Apple cheese with jalapenos. Jalape- yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's normal. It's, we have it like with Branston pickle, that kind of cheese. It, it's very so similar. Apart from that, apart from that, Poonam, I wouldn't mind trying a chocolate risotto. <laughs> 
that would be chocolate okay for me. risotto. Oh, that's the new one. We're going to be talking about something like that. Okay, I'm going to tell you mine. You just tell me whether you still want to be friends with me after this, okay? <laughs> okay. Because Maria doesn't, my producer. So um, <laughs> I, I don't know how I I did this or how I came across it because no one at home um, eats it in my family. I um, okay. you know the Weetabix, the cereal. Yes. So in England. I love. Yeah. I haven't done it here, but in England, growing up, I when it was cold, I would get um, a whole Weetabix. I'd put Maria is looking at me already, and she's trying to be sick. <laughs> and I'd get boiled hot milk. I would pour it over the Weetabix. Then I would have toast, cheese, hot cheese on toast. And here we go. I would dip it in the hot Weetabix and eat it. Is that weird? Oh, not bad. No, that's not weird. It's fine. Anything with cheese is fine. <laughs> Anything with cheese. We're so going to be close friends. We really are, Dimple. We really are. I'm loving this. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. So I'm talking to uh, Dimple right now, who's an author, restauranter and founder of Being Vegan Dubai. Um we were also talking earlier today, before we come on to weird and wacky food news, somebody in California, a food blogger, said she thinks the term curry, which is just an umbrella term, very neutral, should be cancelled. What do you think? Because she says, well, you know, Westerners should learn all the names of every different curry from different countries, which is a lot. What do you think? Um, can you repeat that question? Uh, did you say that she wants to... Completely uh, cancel the term curry. She said it's too much of a neutral word. Oh, no, I don't think so. I love Thai food. I love Indian food. I want the curry to stay. (laughs) Yeah, no, not the actual cancel the curry. It's just the term, the curry. The name as well. The name as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to talk about weird and wacky food news, okay? So you talked about um, chocolate risotto. A YouTuber in Pakistan has posted uh, biryani and he has poured... Um, hot chocolate sauce over it. <laughs> Dimple, would you oh, try it or say goodbye to it? I would say goodbye to it because I think the spices in the biryani are way too strong and the taste of chocolate would obviously get subdued. So um, I don't think I would uh, try the chocolate biryani, but I wouldn't mind trying the chocolate risotto. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're really into this chocolate risotto, but isn't that kind of similar, yes. rice risotto? Because if you have to make something out of rice and chocolate, you'd rather just do it the simple way. <laughs> Yes. Mm. Okay. All right. Does anybody out there, would they try a chocolate biryani biryani with hot chocolate sauce? You know, the Mexicans, they do chocolate over chicken, like spicy chocolate. Have you tried that? Um, I've tried the spicy chocolate. Have you tried the cho- uh, spicy chocolate over chicken? Spicy it's- chocolate. Mm. Mm. No, <laughs> no, only over ice cream. All right. So, um, some. Oh, this is this is weird. I think, Galab German. Pizza. Galab jamun, if for those who don't know, is the very small, sweet Indian dessert balls. Very sweet. What's That's you th- doable. I think, I, can, I think we can have that. It's not bad. Cheese, you know, and, cheese and anything would be fine. Dimple, cheese. I thought I had weird, wacky taste, but you are beyond me. I love this. You would literally eat anything. <laughs> anything with cheese. Vegan cheese, please. <laughs> so, what, no, galab jamun is sweet. It's like sweeter than a pineapple on a pizza. The Italians would go crazy if they heard this. But you know what? If I was married to an Italian, yeah. I would mix some match galab German and pizza. That'd be a nice fusion between the two cultures. Yeah. Just need to find sure. an, find an Italian. There you go. All right, uh, <laughs> mustard on watermelon. Mm, I can have it. 
<laughs> no, I know you can no, have. You know why? Because I, I, I do have a small mix of uh, spices which I, which I sprinkle over my watermelon, which I think could, um, uh, could uh, resemble a mustard. <laughs> sauce so i think i can have it i think everything is gonna get ticked here by a uh, dimple there's nothing that was gonna sway her oh my goodness yeah, I need, we I need can always try we can always try and then decide right i need to think of the wackiest thing for you but these are actual real things that i found <laughs> this this is gonna be this is normal but someone has said apple fritters that's normal right yeah, that's normal. Yeah, that's normal. Um, we did have um, a text, Joanne. She said, um, pickles and ice cream. What do you think no, of that? No, 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 no. Joanne, Can't do that. <laughs> Joanne, I think you're the only one that likes pickles and ice cream. Anybody else like pickle and ice creams? If you've got weird food combinations, do text us on 4001. Okay, um, this seems like a, a kind of pancake to me. It's called um, ice cream dosa. I don't think that's going to be too oh, bad. Yeah, that's- that that's fine. That's fine. You just add uh, cheese in it too, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, no. I mean, see, I think the pancake or the dosa. If you're talking about Indian dosa batter, mm. I think that's so bland. Anything would go with that. Yeah. Even if you put chocolate spread on it, it yeah. won't really. You know, you are gonna feel like it's a pancake. That yeah, exactly. That's that's why I think it's good to go. All right, yeah. Oreos, the chocolate biscuit Oreos dipped in spicy salsa. No, but uh, I wouldn't mind having it with uh, a nacho cheese dip or um, <laughs> with ice cream or I don't know. I'm not. I can't think of uh, any other weird combinations. I love the way ice you weird though. Nachos, cheese. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm just getting dip. cheese everywhere. <laughs> Do you know? I'm gonna cough now. You said I said before we were talking about superfoods. Um, and I said mine was a piece of cheese every day. I think yours is too, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, God. Do you like vegan cheese? Like, do you recommend... I love cheese. Yeah. Which ones would you recommend? Because I haven't tried any good ones. So there are many out there. I think I've, I've tried two. I've tried Dahlia and I've tried Violife. But I also make cheese at home. And... Um, yeah, I think there's a recipe of my uh, cheese dip on my book as well, raw cheese dip. So, um, yeah, there are so many varieties, but I like Wyolife if I have to buy it from the store. Okay, so I need to try that. McDonald's chicken burger, broken and mashed, and then ice cream is blended, added and mixed together. Sorry, I'm choking right now because I was laughing so much. And no, then after, no, no, no for that. <laughs> after spreading the mixture, the ice cream rolls are extracted and served. That's disgusting. Very. <laughs> that is disgusting. And somebody's been posting this on YouTube. Okay. Um, oh a samosa crushed with ice cream. Yes or no? Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no way. <laughs> Coconut curry ice cream. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Because, I, I mean, we have... Uh, we have tha- we have uh, coconut and curry in Thai curry, so I think it should be similar. If not, uh, I think anything with coconut would be amazing because coconut is such a versatile superfruit. Anything with coconut would do. Okay, so uh, we were talking about Violife, the cheese, and uh, we heard that in Spinney's they have it shredded in slices. And, yes, uh, yeah. Okay, so the Spinney sell that. That's good. Good to know. In Venezuela, an ice cream store sells spaghetti and cheese-flavoured ice cream. I have a feeling you're going to say mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> also because spaghetti is, um, I mean, it's very similar to the Indian falooda, don't you think? I mean, it's, yeah. it's quite similar and I don't mind trying it out. Now, yeah. you make YouTube videos, right? You make them? Yes. So yes, have I you, do. ha, why don't you make this weekend for all of us um, chocolate, chocolate, <laughs> okay. ris- chocolate risotto? 
yes, I'm going to do that. That's my inspiration now. And I'm going to do that. And then, <laughs> live on camera, I Ooh. want you to eat it and say, Poonam, this is exactly what it tastes like. That's what I want Super, you to do. I'm going to invite you over. Super, <laughs> I'm going to invite you over for this. L- let me tell you, what's one of your favorite um, places to dine out here for someone who's such a foodie herself? If you, you know, which is your go-to that you think, you know, you'd go there regularly? So my go-to place would be uh, Spice Club Quattro Vigo in Dubai, Mankul, if you've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, I think they have amazing vegan options. They have lots and lots of vegan options and uh, even gluten-free options for that matter. And uh, it's amazing. That's that's one of my favorite. Those are one of my favorite restaurants. Do you think there's a lot of choice for vegans here in uh, Dubai? Yes, for sure. It's increased in the past two years. Well, I and it's amazing. I, I have a bit of a bad story to tell you. I'm not going to give out the name. Okay. Sorry, I'm admitting to a lot of bad things here. Um, I went with my with my BFF, my best friend. Uh, we went to a vegan place and I wasn't overly impressed, okay? The, the coffee was a bit cold. It, it's not like okay. it didn't taste good and I wasn't really keen. And because we weren't satisfied, do you want to know where we went after to fulfill our taste buds? We went to a dry, drive-through McDonald's to get fries. Oh, my God. It drove me <laughs> over the edge. So I just don't know how I can be a vegan if that's what's happened to me. You need to come to Spice Club Quattro Vegan and Being Vegan to try all of these. Trust me. Yeah, I need to <laughs> go. I need to go yeah. to. I need to stay away from like fries for sure. All right, then we're going to be back with Dimple. We're going to be talking about more food news. Uh, we've got some brand new restaurants that have opened up. Uh, do text us as well on four double zero one. We're giving away five hundred dirhams to spend at Spinney's. What would you spend if you could? have that 500 dirhams in your hand and we're talking about weird and wacky food combinations joanne tells us she likes pickles with ice cream i like hot weetabix with hot cheese on toast dipped in it i know and i found out that dimple is really going to make a chocolate risotto because she thinks that's going to be tempting you're listening to farmer's kitchen with spinnies only on dubai i 103.8 it's farmer's kitchen today and we've been talking about food glorious food joining me now is a lady who loves her cheese as much as me dimple the founder of being vegan dimple are you still with us yes i am great much did you have any snacks during the few minutes we had a break no, just some water. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I can't eat and talk at the same time. I'll choke on it. Okay, so we're talking about some new themed restaurants. Now, have you heard of the one and seen the pictures? Transit Terminal yes. in Abu Dhabi. What do you think of that? It's amazing. It looks really good. But I feel uh, restaurants that um, ha- that look like that, I mean, you know, I would want to experience them for sure, at least for once. But uh, I would only go back there again if the food tastes good. Okay, so, so be- be- before you go on, let's describe to people what this is, right? So what happens? Transit Terminal is a restaurant that literally looks like the inside of an aeroplane with two aeroplane seats. It even has um, actual uh, cabin announcements and it serves food from around the world. Um, so go ahead. You were talking about the food. Mm. Yeah, so I would love to experience, I would love to go there once at least for an experience, but I would only go back again if the food tastes good. So I feel uh, a restaurant success would not necessarily be the way it has its ambience done, but I feel it's more about the food, the quality of food. 
you see, the thing is, I think it's really cool, but the way I see it, I'd just rather sit in a normal plane and have plain food because no, at least we can watch a movie. We can watch a movie at the same time. It doesn't have movie on the back of the seats. But and, and, and at least your flight's moving. This one, this one won't move. <laughs> well, I haven't been on a flight for nearly two years, so maybe it's just memory's sake it's worth going on one. Let's see. All right. We also have, I mean, I have to admit, I've never given Game of Thrones um, a try. And all, there's people out there going, what? But I'm just yeah. really slow. I like to watch things 20 years after everybody else. And Game of Thrones, <laughs> apart from Jason Momoa, who's really like quirky and really fun, it's never really um, enticed me. But there's a restaurant called Game of Toast, which is based after this. Is that right? Game of Toast? Did I say that right? Yes, yes. Game of Toast. That is the one. What do you think of this? Oh, I don't know. Uh, the picture that I see is just from of the outside. The inside looks very ordinary, so I'm, I can't say much about it. Plus, I haven't tried anything. And also, me being vegan, honestly, I need to first see the menu rather than seeing what the restaurant looks like. <laughs> Do you know, this is a, an interesting conversation because one of my best friends said to me, I don't think I could date or marry someone who isn't a vegan because every time I go to restaurants, I always have to find somewhere where they serve good vegan food. Yeah. My husband has the same issue. He's a non-vegetarian and uh, he has to see the menu all the time. So, have you, <laughs> so I, can, I can understand that. <laughs> have you not changed um, the, your, your husband or the people around you into trying to become vegan as well? No, uh, I have influenced, I feel. But I think it really needs to come from inside yeah. for you to take such a strong decision. I cannot influence anybody. They have to, like, they have to take a call for themselves. So um, my husband does believe that dairy is not good for you. So that go that that's good. But uh, he is a meat eater. It's funny because um, when it all came out years ago, oh, you're lactose intolerant. You shouldn't have dairy. I was like, how are you going to tell millions and millions of Indians you can't have milk, right? And then I switched to almond milk, and now I find it really hard to eat normal cows dairy milk. I don't. Yeah, like because s- you realize almond milk is so much more lighter, <laughs> and I don't like the smell of it anymore. The smell of dairy you don't milk. Like the smell of dairy? dairy, yeah, dairy milk. I can smell it because someone says you sense you get more sensitive to it. Mm, I haven't really gone back uh, to trying dairy milk after, but uh, I don't. I don't know about that. Maybe uh, you could. I, I can smell. I can. I, I feel sensitive with the dairy yogurt. I think the milk. Um, Unless it's come directly from the cacao, <laughs> I would probably not, uh, you know, be able to smell it. But I think the yogurt, yes, is very strong. Okay, so this I've been here before. It's been around for a while. It's uh, the Mad Max themed The Last Exit. Uh, the one as you're like mm-hmm. going towards an Abu Dhabi. I've seen it from the outside, yeah, when have, I once went, once went to Abu Dhabi. Oh, have you I been inside? Been All right, let me describe it for you. If you've seen Mad yeah. Max, there's a lot of metal, there's a lot of monster vehicles, and I was sitting mm. there thinking a fight's going to break out. It's that got that kind of atmosphere, rough, ready, mm-hmm. silver, metal. Very cool, but when I went into the bathroom, I was like, this could be the scene where in a film some girl just bashes me up <laughs> in the toilet. It's that hardcore with chains everywhere as well. Oh my God. <laughs> it's amazing for, for, for photo shoots, don't you think? I think this oh, would be yes. amazing. I need to do a photo shoot. You've just given me a great idea. That's amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> This, this is great. Okay, now there's another one called Casual Bollywood Indian-themed restaurant called Bolkapa. Mm. Would you go there? If they have vegan food, uh, <laughs> looks good. If they have vegan uh, food. 
A lot of Indian yeah. food, though, a lot of Indian food, South Indian food, is easily vegan. You know, it's not an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, see, um, I would, I would, I wouldn't mind trying it out. I haven't honestly been there, but I wouldn't mind trying it out. I don't think it's anything. Uh, it's just the name that is very unique. I don't think the interiors of the restaurant is anything uh, extraordinary. Okay. There's, oh, yeah, the theme is good. The, the what, sorry? The theme is good. Yeah, Bollywood, some pictures of the actors, that I kind of thing. TV. I think they have a TV as well, which probably would play a movie, I'm assuming. I, I wonder, think we have something on that, yeah. I wonder yeah. if the price is the same as the price in Bollywood. That would be even better. Right. <laughs> Phileas Frogs. At the address Montgomery. I haven't been there, but um, I grew up eating fish and chips. Even though I'm Indian, grew up in England. I love a good fish and chips, but apparently it has a travel theme. So it has a lot of travel memorabilia and serves food from all over the world. Amazing. But you know what? I I do. I am really particular when it comes when a restaurant says they serve all kinds of food. I'm like, "Mm." so what do you actually specialize in? Because I don't know. I don't know if the chef can cook everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think that's quite possible. Uh, But if they say everything, I mean, it's it's I mean, yeah, I think we should give it a try. Thai green curry. I'm sure they have vegetarian, vegan. I'm just checking out their menu. <laughs> uh, oh, so, so you're doing your research as we speak. I love this. Right. <laughs> you're just seeing what you can go out of this list and what has vegan. Uh, it's really funny, actually. One of my friends is vegetarian. We always seem to argue because I always have to go with whatever she wants because she's a vegetarian. And I'm like, okay, I'll choose something. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think it's very easy to find vegetarian and vegan food in Dubai. It's just that a few restaurants maybe uh, would, would do not offer vegan food. So I think in that case, if you're, if, you're, if you're going with a vegetarian, I don't think they'll ever have an issue finding food. But I think going with a vegan, yeah. yes, I would myself, you know, check the menu before going. Yeah. Would you ever go back ever like try a piece of meat? Have you ever tried in no. those five years? Like I said, like I said, I've been I've, I was never meant for non-veg because Ever since I was 16, uh, you know, I stopped eating meat and I was never, ever fond of fish, chicken, eggs, nothing. The only thing non-vegetarian that I used to consume was a chicken burger from McDonald's. So and that was again before uh, I, I, how many years back, 20 years back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I, I don't ever want to consume meat. Uh, there was a time I, where I missed uh, cheese and uh, cheese only. Yeah. But uh, I think I got my way around that as well. Like I said, I've mentioned it in my book as well with the recipe. But uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm good with cheese as well. As well. So I don't think I'm ever going to move back to being a vegetarian either. What is the ultimate vegan dish that you would cook if you had to just, um, if I came over? Not that I'm inviting myself, but if I came over, what would it be? What would you cook for me? I would love to have you, but since you said you want to try out the chocolate risotto. (laughs) Would you put cheese on this risotto? On oh, the I wouldn't mind. I, I'm going to make you try all the weird, weird, weird combinations. <laughs> well, I definitely want to try uh, your vegan desserts because, like I said, I'm a big, a big, big fan of those. Amazing. Welcome. I would actually send you some across. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Not that I was asking, but thank you so much. All right. So, Dimple, yeah. it's um, been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you for all the food, uh, weird f- food um what can I say, uh, tendencies that I liked. And the, yeah. yeah, and the fact that you didn't think I was weird. I really appreciate oh. that. You're the only one that doesn't in this whole building when I told them this. <laughs> that makes me weird as well. I like weird people. Normal people are so boring like Maria and Milani. I, I agree. High <laughs> five. All right. All right, sweetie. Thank you so much and we'll speak thank to you, you next time. Yeah, thank you so much.